How dare you? How dare you? He put the cheese on the cracker. Keys to success, pray before the end. <laughs> Hamp and OB. I know what I'm talking about, and the gentleman to my right, he knows what he's talking about. Sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. The Bears are what we thought they were. The Hamp and OB show starts now. Bears lose 24-17 to the New Orleans Saints. Mandy Mazer alongside the fellows here, Hamp and OB. Sponsored by your local Chevy dealer, ChevyDriveChicago.com. Put a Chevy Silverado in your toolbox. And uh, I guess the old saying is, uh, if you don't win the battle of the turnovers, you're probably not going to win the game. No, obviously today will be all about the turnovers. It was, what, 5-0? to zero? 5 nothing. yep. And, 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 you know, big picture. Yeah, it's a loss. It's a, it's a loss on the road where the rookie quarterback made a lot of bad throws. And, sure, he made some good ones, but too many bad ones. And... All you can say is it was just an incredible performance by the entire team just standing there fighting. And, you know, all this all this stuff about culture and all that stuff, It's it, hey, folks, it's starting to work. That was a Saint team that was, that was desperate, desperate to win this game. And they won, but it wasn't pretty. And they had the ball on our side of the 50 for what thirty plays in the in the fourth quarter, yep. and they didn't score one point, not one point. We stopped them twice after two interceptions, and you know I'm not trying to put a silver lining on it. We lost, but somehow, some way, you can see there are some kind of a fiber of 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 good things starting to happen, and even though the offense. We started out the game, you know, as my dear friend here to the left, the great OB said, hey, throw the ball. You're two and six. Who cares? Throw it down the field. They did. They went down. They scored. Komet with the great catch. Somehow, some way, they kind of got off track in the third quarter. Went dormant. Started throwing, the, you know, the speed screens and all that nonsense and got away from what had gotten us into the game. But sooner or later, it's going to come back and bite you if you turn that ball over, and that's what happened. Five times, it's way too daggum many. Well, Danny, you know, I don't think it's a mystery. Who who calls it off? The coaches. Folks, for us to win this game, we have to – I've never seen a team in in critical plays, we go horizontal – so to to give us somebody a heads up to somebody on this coaching staff, the goalposts are vertical. There's a thing at the end of it called an end zone, and at the end of the end zone is a goalpost. It's it's vertical, vertical, not horizontal. Eddie Jackson, around eleven minutes and thirty three seconds to go. In the fourth quarter, Kamara made a 12-yard run in the red zone. And I don't know if any of you people are listening now, if you saw that effort put on by Eddie Jackson. If Eddie Jackson sees the field one more time as a defensive player in a bear uniform, I'm going to regurgitate. Folks, you should see the effort. I hope... The people on TV and whatever have you, I hope they show that play and show the effort of Eddie Jackson in the fourth quarter when we still had a chance to get in and win this football game. That's disgusting. 
you know, I took a little heat early in the season when I said, hey, look, this guy is an imposter and he's not helping anybody, especially oh, our Danny, defense. You know, you and, know, and, you know it only gets you worse. The people don't know a damn thing about football. You do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I got to tell you, it's hard enough to play defense with 11. You can't play with 10. And even though. There was enough good things, you know. Jack Sanborn played his tail off. T.J. Edwards, his best game. You know, Tremaine Edmonds out again. You know, it's it's all hands on deck. And and Jaquan Brisker, boy, he would have came in handy today. But you know, for the the guys that were on the field, they fought their guts out. Just too deck gum many. Turnovers, too many mistakes on offense, and your point about you know starting to get a little scared, starting to pull your horns in, start throwing the ball side. That's when everything went off track, got out of rhythm, and we never got back on. You opened up the game using the entire field. I I said three people. We've got to hear Moore, Cole Komet, and Donnell Mooney. That's the three, and they opened up that way. And then again, like everything else with this coaching staff, folks, just give it time, it all fades away, and then they revert back to, I don't know what the hell you want to call it, folks. I am telling you, this coaching staff, the last two coaching staffs we've had here, I, there, there are not words to describe these people. They know nothing, nothing about football, let alone National Football League. You know, it seems to me that Luke Getze in that third quarter and the fourth quarter outsmarted himself because he's probably thinking, all right, well, they, they expect what we were doing early in the game. To, and they're going to try to cover it. But if you're doing it well, they're not going to be able to cover it, and they didn't cover it in the first quarter. We, we had 15 first downs. Exactly. We right. had to go to plan B. Exactly. We had 15 first downs in the first half. Everything was clicking. Bajan had made a mistake, but that's okay. You're not going to be perfect. But – in the second half, guess what, folks? Five first downs. We were pathetic because not only the execution, but the actual play calls. Paris lose at 24-17. That is the final out there in New Orleans. We'll have much more on the game coming up here. We'll be with you until 530 tonight. 312-981-7200. is our phone number. We're going to take our first time out here. And come back with more. Happen OB sponsored by your local Chevy dealer, ChevyDriveChicago.com. And we have competent receivers in Moore, Mooney, and Cole Komet. Use those three guys, what I mentioned before, especially Cole Komet, and we will win this football game. Happen OB sponsored by your local Chevy dealer, ChevyDriveChicago.com. Put a Chevy Silverado in your toolbox, and you got your accolades right there, and you were right on. Well, thank you, but... <laughs> What I like to see in their coaching staff, they started out that way. Keep it going for four quarters. Those three guys are the key to us winning. If everybody can basically do their jobs, those three guys are the difference makers. This is a passing league. You can run you can run the daylight all you want. I don't care. It's a passing league. We have three quality people. And they've got to be involved in it, and that's got to be our strong point quarter after quarter, game after game, Danny. That's what I believe. And if we don't use those people, we are not going to win. But when we use them, you got to use them the entire game. 312-981-7200. Calls lining up already. Let's hear what the fans have to say. We'll start in Arizona and say hi to Dan. Dan, you're up first. We're here with Tampa OB. Go ahead. Hey, Dan and OB. Um, 
Well, Dean, I've been a long-time listener. I'm so very glad uh, to hear you on the radio. I hope your doctor's giving you the good uh, blood pressure medication, considering like the 10 and a half years of bad uh, Bears football. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you, um, Jim McMahon has always been credited as uh, the unofficial uh, offensive coordinator for the Bears um, when he was there. How much control does the quarterback actually have over the plays that are run uh, during the game? Because... If Getty is, I mean, completely incompetent with his play calling, at what point does Bajan or even Fields go, hey, this ain't going to work, I'm doing my own thing? Well, Thank we're starting both. to, hey, uh, I appreciate uh, they, you. Thanks, Dan. Danny, they, yeah, first of all, they could never say that. That would be, no, that, that for, for a player to say that to a coach, no. Go ahead, Danny. Well, uh, and he brought up Jim McMahon. And there's no question that Jim McMahon had a certain level of gravitas that he played with. You know, he had led the NC2As in, in, in passing uh, uh, yardage and all these different things. He was a first-round pick. He came in, and, and here we are, you know, a team that was – and then sometime in the middle of the 84 season, he realized – that he had to overcome some bad coaching. You know, our offense wasn't special, and yet he was big on checking out a bad plays and getting into something that he liked. And the, and the game that everybody remembers is the one against Minnesota in the 85 season when he came off the bench and he essentially checked out of a bunch of plays and threw three out of four passes. Three of them resulted in touchdowns. Now, will that or could that ever happen again? Maybe, maybe somewhere down the road. But, but, like I said, he had a certain level of, you know, gravitas that, that, you know, the coaches kind of had to deal with. Here, Tyson Bajan was playing the Colorado School of Mines a year ago. He doesn't have that. Justin Fields came out a month ago basically criticizing the coaches and their game plans, saying, hey, you're throwing all this stuff on me. I, I, it ain't working. I don't think I don't I don't see them doing that this year. But to me, if you ever had a quarterback that would be willing and find a appropriate time to try to overcome bad calls, bad coaching, it would have been tonight in the third quarter because everything we were doing on offense was the exact opposite that led us to the success in the first half. Bingo. Let me tell you, Dan, quickly how a, how a game plan's basically put together. You have people that are called quality control people. So the opponent that you're going to play in the following week of, 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 of any game, the following week, you go back three games, three of their games that they played, and you get all their tendencies on what they do on their own 20-yard line when it's first down or when, on their, when they're on their 42-yard line, their own 42, and it's third and seven, what is their favorite place? That is all done by quality control. They hand it to the offensive coordinator, and he sits down with his, his coaches. They go over it and over it and over it and, try and come up with a game plan, and then they sit down with the head coach, the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator, they go through the same things. They sit down with their ga- final game plans, and they go over and present it to the head coach. That's how it works. I'm not so sure how the hell it works here, though, but that's the way it should work. 312-981-7200. Bears lose to the Saints 24-17. So welcome in Mark from Broadview. Mark, you're up with Hampton OB. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, two things, and then uh, uh, real quick, and I'm going to shut my pie hole. Um, coaching 
and defense. Uh, play calling, you had Bajent. They did the trickery and deceit with the reverse. Then you got Bajent, the quarterback, blocking Granderson. They should call it Bozo and March's whole crew coaching staff out of town. Then defense, you got uh, Sanborn's name all day long. Did you hear sweet? And we give up a second-round pick. Thanks, guys. All right, Mark, thanks. Well, you know, Mark, I don't know. You're, it's, uh, I, I don't have too much fault with what he said, Danny. Yeah. Hey, Montez Sweat got here four days ago, five days ago, and, and you know, hey, you know, he had a pressure. I don't know. That, that's not what he was brought in for was today. It's the next five years. But as far as the design and schematics of this offense – we have no man beaters, nothing, nothing in the way of rub routes or anything. Anytime anybody goes man, and that's what they were trying to do. They went, they went three deep man a bunch of the time. That's why Bajan was late getting the ball out. He was trying to figure it out, process it. Nobody was open. We talked in the pregame about how we are dead last in the NFL in first down penalty yardage, meaning we never get anybody called for, you know, pass interference. Our guys, they don't know how to, you know, fight for the ball or, or, or create opportunity and make the defender have to interfere. And sooner or later, it catches up with you. It's today, all those things caught up with us in the second half. The only good thing, the only salvation was our defense showed up in the second half. They played their guts out. Yeah, well, uh, earlier today, folks, Dan and I got, had gotten a little bit of a conversation. This kid, Sweet, who we got, the defensive end, I believe, from uh, Washington, correct? Yes. From Washington. Uh, he got, a folks, a four-year, basically $100 million contract, of which basically $73 million is guaranteed. Now, folks, I know there's only one person that's walked on water. You bring a kid in here, give up a second-round draft choice, bring him in here, you redo his contract, and you give him a four-year, basically $100 million, of which $73 million. And guess what? He got close to the quarterback one time. You get paid money like that, folks. You better be a decisive and final difference maker on almost every play. A hundred, near a hundred million dollars for four years? Where's our problem? Our problem is we can't score. Our problem is we can't convert on third down. Why didn't this genius polls go out and give, pay somebody or some buddies a hundred million dollars and bring in somebody that can play offensive tackle, that can play offensive guard, that can snap the football back to our quarterback? That's where the money should have been spent. Not on a defensive end. Four years? You wonder why we're two and what? Seven now? Where are we going with this kind of thinking, folks? My Lord. Well, I'll tell you this. All year long, Darnell Wright, the, the big rookie right tackle, has done pretty well. But in the fourth That's quarter, your opinion. Well, I disagree with you, but go ahead. Pretty well for a rookie, and when you compare him with the midgets that he's playing with, he's playing as well as they are as a rookie. But Man, he there's got, five guys on the offensive I line. I got it, but he got eight alive in the fourth quarter when we needed it. Braxton Jones coming off IR. He was horrid in the second half. Again, offensive line, 
That's where you want to point your finger? That's, I'm all for it. And the point saying, why don't you spend $100 million? And, and, and my God, there's, there's 31 other teams out there. There's 53 players on those teams. You mean to tell me we can't play five guys that can at least show up and try to knock somebody on their butt? We spent $21 million for uh, Nate Davis, the right guard. He was a healthy scratch again. That, again. That, nobody knows what he looks like. No, nobody's exactly seen right. Him. Nobody really wants to see him anymore. If they could cut him, I'd cut him tomorrow. You know, this, is what, this is what losing does. I tell you, losing, I, I, how, how can Drives you, you nuts. How, how, how do these players, how do they look at themselves in the mirror? How do you even go out to a restaurant? Ah, man. <laughs> well, it's good, good today. 24-17 was the final. 312-981-7200. We're going to take a break here quickly. I don't want to get to a phone call yet because I don't want to cut anybody, cut anybody short here. Uh, we'll get into all of the stats coming up uh, after our news break as well and uh, break down this game, and we'll uh, look forward to a Thursday night. It's going to be a short week. I mean, we're, we're yeah. back Thursday night here. Hang in there, callers. 312-981-7200. That is our telephone number. And, uh, again, the Bears lose at 24-17. We'll get you updated on the rest of the, the day in news and the day in sports coming up here in just a few moments. Happen will be sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois. Hot route, hot route. Who brought it today? Looking at which bear played tough, played hard. Agent pulls it back. Now looking end zone for Komet. Number two for the Bears tight end. His second touchdown of the day. And Chicago regains the lead. Happen be sponsored by your local Chevy dealer, ChevyDriveChicago.com. Put a Chevy Silverado in your toolbox. That's who brought it today, sponsored by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois, the car to bring through it all. We've talking about uh, Tyson Bajant there, and kid was 18 of 30, 220 yards, the uh, two touchdowns. The big blemish, though, was the three interceptions, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, more about those interceptions It's more a than later. a blemish, you know, yep. and unfortunately... You know, when we were queried about uh, who are who brought it today, it was start of the fourth quarter, and we said, "Hey, Bajan, he's going to hang in there. He's going to." And then, unfortunately, we saw what we saw. So, but hey, the kid gave us, you know, <laughs> gave us a chance on the road. Tough spot. It was tough to uh, to watch the Texans finish their game today with uh, C.J. Stroud, four hundred and seventy yards through the air and five touchdowns and no picks. Yeah, he's a Ohio State quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. I'll just kind of leave it at that. Let's go to uh, Austin, Texas, and say hi to Robert. Robert, you're up with Hampton OB. Go ahead. Yeah. Good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. I have three comments uh, today. Derek Carr, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, hundred nine quarterback rating, no sacks. Last week, Justin Hebert had three touchdowns, no interceptions. 123 quarterback rating, no sacks. So no sacks again. Comment number two, um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's interesting you brought up quality control uh, coaches, OB, because that was going to be my comment. <laughs> I remember uh, a couple weeks ago you mentioned that the Bears had 26 or 28 coaches on their staff, and I was They started out with 28. Um, yeah, and I, you know, when I think of, Head coach, offensive, defensive coordinator, offensive, defensive line, linebackers, tight ends, offensive, defensive backs, special teams. That's about 10. What do those other 18 do? Which I, I sure would love to know. And then do the Bears even have a quality control coach? My understanding of one of the functions of a quality control coach 
on offense is to review, you know, from week to week which plays are working, which ones aren't. You know, if the plays are can be modified to be improved, the ones that aren't working, you rip them out of the playbook and throw them away. But the Bears under Getsy continue to run the same pattern and types of plays week after week, whether they work or not. So that's a question I have. And then comment number three, um, you know, polls, uh, well, the, the Raiders fired their general manager and head coach. Uh, McDaniels had a 9-16 and record in two years. Eberflus is now 5-21 and after two years. And polls in a press conference this week came out and vigorously defended him. Uh, which doesn't give us a lot of optimism from for the future. Thanks for taking my call. All right, Robert. Well, you know, every team's got the you know, quality control folks. They don't really have, like, glaring titles, and everybody knows who they are, but... Danny, let me they, just throw in a... Please, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but, yeah, Robert, what the basic thing, that quality control, they're, like, they're exactly what you were talking about, they do, but they break it down. They go back three games. That's that's what I know. They go back the past three games, go over it on, on all the different downs. What are your tendencies, offensively and defensively? Exactly, and which are, are successful, which ones you know are are you know uh, uh, failures, etc. All that being said, who is the major quality control guy? That would be your general manager and your head coach, right? They're the ones. That watch every bit of film. They're the ones that are essentially has their teacup on the line because of of the way the team plays, how they play, who plays well, who who makes mistakes. Let me tell you something. Today, we go down to New Orleans. I said we got to play a perfect game to win. We got five turnovers, but more than that. You know how many penalties the Saints had today, Andy? I think one. One in the fourth quarter. Yeah. We had eight for seventy-one. We couldn't get out of, out of our own way. What about Valus Jones? Who Who is the quality control guy that keeps running Valus Jones out on the field? You know, we're lucky they call that a, that, that not an interception. The fumble. special teams coach, Danny. Well, no, no. The- he was on offense. They threw a speed screen to him, and he fumbles it. But they said, oh, it's a non-catch. It should have been a, a catch fumble. And then he gets a face mask penalty on the last punt of the game to get – New Orleans back across the fifty to where it's basically a walk in the park ending. So, so who, you're saying, who what is, is he, he doing on this team? Is that your question? Who's who's <laughs> in charge of quality control if Bayless Jones has a bare uniform on? Who who, who? who's uh, the quality control guy? It's, the, it's the Ryan guy Poles, and he's failing. Would be Getzy and then Eberflus and then Poles. That's how it should go. It's ridiculous. Quality control brings them the facts. The yardage, the dates, how, what was a run or a pass, what down it was, what time, what quarter it was, etc. That goes to all the position coaches, offensive and defensive coordinator, and the head coach. And that's how they set their game plan, and that's how a game plan should be run from quarter to quarter to quarter. You should have plan A, plan B, plan C. Plan A working, go to plan B. Folks, it's simple. It You know, you just got to have the people, and you got to have some people that are smart, okay? And what do we have? We don't have smart people. Anybody tells you anything different, they don't know what they're talking about. Just look at what happens from game to game with this coaching staff this year, with this coaching staff last year, and with get, I mean, Nagy, 
the prior three years or four years. And you wonder why we are where we are? Yeah, the, the problem is sometimes when Plan A is working, Lou Getzey wants to go to Plan B anyway. And that uh, seems to be the case today. Well, the problem yeah. is he doesn't know what the hell Plan A is. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a good, that's the problem, That's a very good Andy. point. That's a very good point. 24-17, Saints over the Bears today. Back out to the phones we go. Let's go out to Hot Springs, Arkansas. Welcome in, Carl. Carl, you're up with Hampton OB. Go ahead. You bet. I'm really enjoying the show. Uh, I think you guys are the greatest. You and you hold back none of your punches, and that's great. But what I'm saying, you got some players there. They're, they're millionaires even before they put the bear uniform on, and they need to know that they're playing for the Decatur Staley's, the original football team that became the Chicago Bears. They're, they are playing for an original pro football team, and they need to show some pride. And if you're making that much money, you need to put an extra effort into every game. And I believe that the McCaskies, they need to listen to your show, and they need to clean house from the head coach on down because the coaches are the one that guide the team they're the one that tells these players how to play the game and coach them and coach them well, and they can come back to be another NFL championship team. And yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Thank you, Carl. Carl, can nice I, job, Carl. Carl, I can't argue with you. That a boy, Carl. Represent can't Arkansas. Argue. Hot dog, hot springs, beautiful part of the state. Three one two nine eight one seven. You wouldn't have to be from Arkansas, zero, zero. would you? A little bit. Yeah. Well, there's a little bias. It's okay. Let's, <laughs> let's go uh, back here locally in Chicago. Let's add a Daniel. Daniel, up with LB. Go ahead. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Hey, Eddie LB. Um, I love your passion. You too, Dan. But well, here's what I think we're feeling in real life. During free agency last year, they had the opportunity to go out to Linda Brown, who signed, I think, with Cleveland, and McGlinchey, who signed with Denver. Those are the top two offensive tackles and, and left, left um, tackle. But this organization has not had sustained success for years. So I think a player's agent's first responsibility is to get players paid. and second responsibility is to get them to a winning organization. So I think those players look at those other teams. Joe Burrow um, going to play for a guy like um, Sean Payton in Denver or, or playing for Baltimore. They say, wait a minute, I have a better chance of winning here than in Chicago. And if all things have been equal, if I can get my money first, and then go to an organization that has sustained success versus this organization that keeps going through general managers and coaches every three years, I'm going to go somewhere where I can win. This is why they had to make that trade for Sweat. I wasn't happy about it, but I understand. They make the trade. Now they have an option, at least franchise tagging him, even if he doesn't want to sign, versus risking going into free agency and coming out with, you know, Nobody again. They had a horrible free agency last year. None of the players they signed are difference makers. But until you become an organization that achieves sustained success, and you've said this many times, OB, you're not going to go anywhere. We keep saying the same cycle every three years or four years when new general managers, new coaches, or Luke Getsy is no different than Matt Nagy than when Trubisky was here. Trubisky would have a good game. Then Maggie would go away from what Trubisky did good. Fields isn't a great quarterback, but he's finished strong last year. And the first game of the year, they go away from doing what the kid did good. The coaching staff gave that Denver game away. The first half, they had him moving and everything. Then second half, they played right into Sean Payton's hand by moving him in the pocket. 
and did the same thing today with the kid Bajan. I like the kid, and I feel bad for him because he was doing a good job. Then Luke Gassie decides he wants to get his bag of tricks and gets away from doing what the kids does well. But I love you guys. I love your passion. Dan, thank you for the um, 85 Super Bowl, and you guys can give it a good work. Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate your right, call. Daniel, thank a, you, sir. Yeah, that was an excellent excellent call. Or a couple things I'd like to take issue with you, but basically you were pretty much spot on, Daniel. Very good call. And, and I think a, a big reason why Ryan Poles, which is, which is mind-numbing, what position did he play in college at Boston College? He was an offensive, offensive lineman. Line, yeah. He came from Kansas City. He saw that Kansas City was constantly trying to upgrade their offensive line. Two years it's, ago, yes. they changed their entire offensive line. Right. Instead, he had the bank. He could have got anybody. He did not pursue it. He opted to go into the draft and get one in the draft. And live or die, we're going to play with Darnell Wright. Speaking about polls real quick here, Annie, I'm going to tell you what, folks. Again, what what move does he make? What move does he make? He brings a defensive end here. That is not our problem. Our problem is that offensive line. I know it. Dan knows it, Andy. A guy's behind the screen. And about 8 million Chicago Bear fans right here locally, they know what the problem is. The problem is our offensive line. They can't block anybody. They get thrown around like little paper sticks. White hair. All right, if you're on hold, stay there. We'll get to you. 312-981-7200. Happen to be sponsored by your local Chevy dealers. ChevyDriveChicago.com. Put a Chevy Silverado in your toolbox. Chicago in the red zone where they are tied for fourth this year in touchdown percentage. Bajan looking deep for Cole Komet. Courtesy CBS Sports. Happen to be sponsored by your local Chevy dealer, ChevyDriveChicago.com. One of the bright spots today, Tyson Bajan hitting Cole Komet a couple of times. Uh, unfortunately, there are three interceptions in the mix there, and that uh, pretty much cost the Bears 24-17 the loss to the New Orleans Saints. Let's get back to the phones. 312-981-7200. They're all lit up here. Let's go out to Ron in Chicago. Ron, you're up with Happen to be. Go ahead. Yes, the uh, money they were giving the uh, defensive end, uh, Sweet. Uh, why did the Bears give uh, that to Khalil Mack to keep him here, or maybe to Roquan Smith to keep him here? And he wouldn't have to give up a second-round draft choice. Uh, Ronnie, why would you want to do that when that makes total and complete sense? <laughs> now, why <laughs> on earth would you want to do that? Uh, I never Come on, Ron. <laughs> I never went to graduate school. I don't know. <laughs> you know, the, the, I, I guess the story behind the story is you know, Khalil Mack uh, did nothing to endear himself to this new regime and going with a four man line. That, you know, Khalil Mack is not a, a traditional defensive end. Okay. He's an outside linebacker that you can play him in there and put his hand on the ground. He rushes. So that's why he did not fit in. The second part was. For whatever reason, Roquan thought he was, you know, a genius and he didn't need an agent. And he got into kind of like a, 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 you know, a spraying contest with Ryan Poles. And Ryan Poles and Eberflus essentially said, hey, you don't make enough game changing plays to warrant the money that you think you deserve. And guess what? We're going to, we're going to move you. Yeah. He just made plays. That's all. Well, you know, he's a good linebacker. No question. But. They said he did not fit their template. And they went out and got a couple of guys that thus far 
haven't really fitted either, meaning Tremaine Edmonds, who was out again this week, and T.J. Edwards, who today may have been his best game. But all in all, they have not played like a Rokon Smith had up to the point where they traded him. So, you know, one step forward or two steps backwards, whatever way you want to put it. You know, and I'm talking about Sweet, giving him basically almost $100 million for four years, you know, and I can't. And the other one is Nate Davis. I don't know, do any people, do you even know, have you ever heard his name? Do you even know he's on the Chicago Bears or whatever have you? We brought him in there in free agency, gave him a load, and the guy's, he's MIA. You can't find him. You can't find him. DeMar- and- Demarcus Walker, you can't find him either. Nope. And maybe one play a game. Andrew Billings was the best value that and, uh, that that Poles brought in for a million and a half. He's been our best defensive lineman. Dan, I'll tell you right now. And again, to get to go back to this deal with Sweet, basically almost a hundred million for four for four years for this guy to come in. Okay, and and th- that is not our problem. Is not the defense. It's part end. of it, Ob. We didn't touch the quarterback it, today. It, I, 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 yeah, and he we played. We didn't touch it. Well, and he played four days he, in, and he. I don't care if he's here he, for four hours. He is going to you be give part a guy of hundred million dollars, and to tell me he doesn't touch the quarterback, give me a break. That, and again, that's not our problem, Dan. You know damn well what our problem is. It's the offensive line, and I'll say it again: you take a hundred million, go out and find four or five offensive linemen. What do you do? Give a guy and guarantee almost $73 million for four years? And the guy didn't even come close to the quarterback this, today against a lousy team, by the way? Right. On top of it. All right, we got about a minute to go before we get to our next break here. We'll say hi to Elon in Arizona. You're up with Hampton OB. Go ahead. Hi, Dan and OB. How are you? I've been listening to you forever. I've been the best friend for. The last 40 years, and let me tell you something. You guys tell it like it is. OB, I used to see you at the car dealers when I used to work in Chicago. Now I live in Arizona. I was screaming at the TV, screaming. <laughs> I want to tell you one thing. Get rid of the coach. Get rid of the, get rid of the quarterback. Get rid of the GM. And get rid of the McCaskey. I'm sick and tired of it. Every weekend, every weekend. And OB, you said like it is. We need a new team. We are paying all this money. It's ridiculous. You guys have a great day. I love your show. Thanks, Thanks Elon. Thanks, Elon. Oh, well, again, you know, it's just a point. You know, Dan has his theory, and I have my theory. He has his right to what he he can he believes and what he wants to say, and so do I. I just don't believe you take $100 million to a kid that comes here, plays defensive end, when what the number one problem on this team is, the offensive line. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to figure that out. And for $100 million, for four years, you mean to tell me we couldn't find at least one or two guys? How about a center that can snap the damn football? How's that for a novelty? I like that. But let me ask you a question. What's the most important thing in the game of football? Win. No. What players? What? What players the most? Well, you didn't say that. What players? You asked me what was the most important what thing, thing. What player? And I gave you an answer. What when? position now, is the most what's important? What's the next question? What's the most important position in football? Quarterback. Second most important position is the quarterback killer. We didn't have anybody. That it, that's now your opinion. Somebody. No, it's not. The second one is a great tight end. He didn't even get and out a great wideout receiver. Why, Dan? Because they're the ones that put the points on the board. Second is quarterback killer. Ding ding. Round two coming that's up here in just a few moments. That's what you think, and you're wrong. <laughs> Hampton will be sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. Put a Chevy Silverado in your toolbox. Agent. 
Oh, wide open over the middle is DJ Moore. The ball comes out, and the Saints have it. You can't think stupid, it's a state of mind What people think they see clearly, but they're really blind Oh yes, it's true, you know it's true You can't think stupid, there's nothing you can't do Well, all right. Sammy, our crack producer. Yeah, Sammy, up with that Sammy one. and Eli are coming up with uh, new and inventive <laughs> things after the Bears lost today, twenty-four to seventeen, to the Saints. Sampin' OB sponsored by your local Chevy dealers. ChevyDriveChicago.com. Too much Halloween candy. Yeah, I think so. I think we got to take that uh, stuff away from those guys. Yeah. All right, guys. That, that kind of leads us into our uh, Curveball Whiskey Bonehead Play of the Game. It's sponsored by Curveball, the original barbecue whiskey. Join the Bonehead Nation today. Curveballwhiskey.com. Should we start with well, the spokesman? Curveball is excellent. That's, and we got to come up with this stuff. <laughs> uh, we'll start with you, spokesman. Um, sip it or flip it. There you go. Uh, mine would have to be in the fourth quarter. You know, they're battling away here. And an effort. The word effort. I'm, I'm going to rely on here. And it's Eddie Jackson, our defensive back. With around 11 minutes and 33 seconds to go, we're still like we're in the game, fourth quarter. Kamara makes a run in the red zone. He goes for 12 yards. And the point I want to make, for you people that that can review the play or review the, uh, the game today, look at that particular play and see the effort that Eddie Jackson puts out to try to stop Kamara. You'll vomit. All right, mine goes uh, to one of our favorite players. Um, when, when you're when you're basically the designated best player on the team, you can't make mistakes. Simple, simple things like you know maintaining possession of the ball. How many times did DJ Moore touch the ball today? Four, five. Yeah, well, he can't fumble. It was tied fourteen all. It was our first drive. We're driving and we're down inside, almost to the red zone, and he gets stripped of the ball. And from that point on, everything imploded. And you can't do that. That's that's a bad bonehead play by DJ Moore. And again, our bonehead play is sponsored by the Curveball Whiskey. Join the Bonehead Nation today. Curveball Whiskey. Dot com. Let's hit those phones. Let's hit those phones. 312-981-7200. Mike in Huntley, you're up with Hampton OB. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, guys. Good to talk to you. OB, I met you a long time ago. My dad worked at Bells in Morton Grove, and it's good to talk to you again. It's there you go. Time. Thank you. So, you know, I hear every week about these coaches. I hear about the players and the quarterbacks and how many quarterbacks that we had. And you know what? I, I can't focus. These are all symptoms of poor ownership. We're confused as fans. We think that the organization is there. You just talked about it before the break. The organization is there to do what? To win? No. They're there to make money. And the Bears make a lot of money. They don't have to win. I think that they're smart enough to know how to win. They don't have to win. It's more important to fill up the stadium, sell jerseys, and do all that stuff as a business. That's what we're doing. Until we change ownership, we're not going to change how many how many head coaches do we have. How would we ever think that we could get rid of this guy and get another one, and we're going to go to the Super Bowl? If it did, it would be an anomaly like it was in 85 with the right people by just luck of getting a great, competent group of people together. But I don't have confidence that we could get rid of this coach and we're going to get any better next year because it keeps repeating itself over and over. We can't keep honing in on these 
quarterbacks or these coaches. It's bigger than that. It's the ownership. If we want to make a difference, let's get, we got 11 million people in the Chicago metro market. Let's get another NFL team. Let's make some competition. Then I'll bet we start winning. Thanks, My comment. Thanks, Mike. Thank uh, first of all, I beg to differ. No, no, it's not about making money. It's about winning. Winning creates piles of money. And as much as they are making as a, you know, a share of the, you know, they get 132nd of what the NFL television revenue is. That's, that's the big pot of money. But if you win, you got all these doors that are open to you for marketing. Go check Kansas City. Every one of their players has got a commercial on TV. 312-981-7200. That is our phone number. Let's go out to Dave in South Florida. Dave, you're up with Hampton OB. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Great great show as always. Hey, I just want to uh, ask Ed and, uh, Ed and uh, uh, OB and uh, Hampton, do you guys see halftime adjustments being made? Uh, I don't see it. It seems like what we were trying to do offensively with the pass game was working in the first half, and then I think they, the Saints took a lot of our stuff away that we that was uh, working for us in the first half. And then, uh, secondly, is why in the second to last drive, if you, if you guys recall, when Badgett was uh, getting hammered with pressure, why are we not taking uh, uh, three step drops and letting them ball out and hitting little slants and little um, and even check downs to the running backs to get the ball and to make positive yards on that last second to last drive when we were only down to touch them. Amen. Hey, Thanks, I'm Dave. glad you brought this up. It was right here on my stat sheet. I worked on it, Andy. Think about this, folks. The first half, we were six of nine on third down, the most critical down in football. That is why we were tied 14 all. Bajit was 10 of 13. In the second half, awful. We were 0 for 3 on third down. We barely even got two third down. That being said, Bajent was 8 of 17 with two interceptions and a strip sack. And, but you got to remember, those are the halftime adjustments we didn't make. You know, you, like, you, you know, if you agree with something, you don't have to say yes. And, you know, your long silence is complicity and all that. Well, guess what? We didn't make any adjustments. They did. That's why we imploded. It's on Getsy. Well, Dave, one thing they should have done when coming out in the third quarter, they should have not dropped back our quarterback. What they should have done is spread them out stronger weak side, bootleg them out stronger weak side, get them out of the pocket, change the game plan up. Don't let them drop back, drop back, drop back. Okay? That's what we were doing. We didn't change. The smart move was to move the pocket. That was the smart move in the third quarter. That would have been the smart move in the fourth quarter. Keep them guessing. Are they going to go strong or are they going to go weak? Are they going to drop back or are they going to sprint out? But when you don't sprint out, you don't bootleg out, and you don't move the pocket, you're going you're gonna to get caved in. You're going to get killed. And again, this is our coaches. Danny, I, on, on, I, on I'm his... telling you, folks, I, I, this is an I think. I know what I'm talking about. We didn't move out of that pocket. Why not? Why do you let that half. kid sit back there before? And then if somebody's covered or whatever, and if he's bootlegging out or sprint-legging out, he's on a run, then he can take off and run. It's hard to run from the pocket when they're caving in on you. Can any of these coaches figure this out? That was That should have been plan B or C in the third or fourth quarter. Get him out where he can make things happen instead of setting them in the pocket and letting them get killed. 
Am I making sense to somebody? Danny, am I making sense here? Okay, his 13 passes in the first half. Five times he was outside of the pocket. He was four of five on those plays. We didn't do it the second half. Go figure. Why? Why, folks? Well, because we got somebody asleep at the switch that's not thinking about what needs to happen. This was so important again, and I'm going to say it again, Andy, real quickly here, folks. I know what I'm talking about. They should have came out. That should have been the halftime adjustment. Move the kid out of there, just either on sprint outs or play action or whatever, okay? And that should have been going. And give it a try. You never even gave it a try, Getsy, Eberflus. What are you guys getting paid for? I'd like to know, because it sure as hell isn't winning football. That's a fact. 312-981-7200, the number. If you're there on hold, please stay there. We'll get to you right after the break. Happen will be sponsored by your local Chevy dealer, ChevyDriveChicago.com. Put a Chevy Silverado in your toolbox. Agent over the middle, And our Muller Auto Group game-changing moment, one of the Tyson Bajan interceptions, sponsored by the Muller family of dealerships in Hoffman Estates, Gurney, Highland Park, and Merrillville. Bajan with three interceptions today, and the Bears lose 24-17 to the New Orleans Saints. If the Bears ever want to sell that team, I hope Mark Muller buys it. They've been here their whole life in this town. They're wonderful people. It's a, it's a great, great family. Their father and I were the best of friends, and I know Mark. I know you got the money, buddy. <laughs> let, let 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 fly with it and buy the Bears. All right, the fans are lining up. They want to chat with you guys here. Let's go out to Munster, Indiana. Say hi to Kevin. You're up next here with Hampton OB. Go ahead. Hey guys, a lot of great points. I just wanted to talk about uh, Valus Jones and his total lack of uh, production since we've even had him. I mean, last week he dropped the pass. He dropped another pass today. I also think he fumbled one. Uh, I'll hang up and listen to what you guys got to say about Valus Jones. I think Thanks, he Tim. needs to go. You, got you know, and, and again, a lot of times a change of scenery is good for players. It kind of jars them into a, a sense of urgency. To me, the kid, it's like he's unprepared for kickoff, for receiver, for you know, you know, when they bring him in, he's had one good play this year. That was on a speed screen. Last year, he had one good play. It was I can't remember the game against Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, he, he caught a, a, about a twenty-five yard pass. Why can't the coaches see that, Dan? Well, because he's a third-round pick, and you know what? Ryan Poles traded Pretty away a second, pick. so he's he's hanging on those things like a dog would hang on a bone, and he's not going to give it up until you know he's proven. That it's not going to pay off, and it hasn't paid off. And unfortunately, he's starting to put the team in peril because of this player's inability to engage in the NFL game. Yeah, he fell in the end zone the other day against the uh, the Chargers as well on a pass that he was pretty wide open on. Now, think about that, folks. You know, somebody stubs their toe once. You say, okay, you know, that was just a, a bad move. They do it twice. You're thinking, well, this is a klutz? They do it three times, you get them out of your house. You don't want something broke. Well, this kid, it's, he's got a, he's left a trail of tears. Whenever he gets in the game, everybody's crying. What, what's going on? It's bad, bad, bad. And for him to fall down on national TV, the ball hit him in his stomach, and he can't catch it, I don't know what else you got to see. 
312-981-7200. Hampton will be sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. Let's go back out to our phone lines, and let's say hi to Marty on the south side. Marty, you're up with Hampton OB. Oh, go ahead. Hello, uh, Hampton OB. Uh, what I thought you guys were going to talk about that you, that you didn't is the inability of these, of these guys to audibleize. The quarterback. You don't have an offense if you if you don't not audibleize. Specifically, in the you, you look at this game. The reason why you got the dichotomy is, uh, and you see this all over ever since the '60s, where guys like Unitas and whatever they knew how to audibleize, therefore it nullified all the administrative crap, like what the Bears got in quality control and tell them and, and tell them what what plays to run. All the time, the selection of the plays is less than a quarter of the of the offensive game. It's being able to have the skill and the practice to audibleize and get that down to a to a science which they had in the NFL back when uh, uh, OB was playing. So I'd like OB's comment on 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 that too. All right, Marty. Thanks. Well, Marty, what you're not going to get it, okay? The probably. The only people I could say that would have have an outside chance to do that, and 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 I, I think I'm pretty correct in this, uh, Danny. Uh, when you when you had somebody like Tom Brady, the kid from Green Bay, there's only a, a maybe a handful of quarterbacks uh, that can do that or allowed to do that. The rest of them, just like we're talking about right here in Chicago, they're regimented. You will. You will call what play I sent into you on every down, and they can't deviate from it. But when you get Aaron Rodgers, you know, when you get people like that, could they do it? Yes, they could, but that's only about a handful. Yeah, Peyton Manning was the greatest. Uh, here's the deal. You talk about playing triple chess. Well, audibling is a double chess. That is, you call a play, you you present it, you see what the defense is in, essentially coverage front, so forth. And then if you think you can recognize what would be the perfect option from what you have called, then you have empowered that quarterback to make that audible. These kids, hey, we've talked about it for three years. Justin Fields, he's having a hard time identifying what the defense is, let alone knowing what the second, you know, uh, call would be that would be optimum. Now, you know, and I know in your third start, as a green as grass rookie on the road in New Orleans in the Superdome, 88,000 people, that noise, you think you're going to have this kid come out here audibling? That is way down the line. But you're exactly right. You have somebody that can do it like Aaron Rodgers, hey, now you can get the triple chest someday. They'll, they'll let you do it. But then again, Marty, not not uh, 90% of them have to do what is called into. But 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 all that is predicated on the fact that you have a competent offensive coordinator that knows how to set a, a game plan up and make adjustments. Think about it. We can't even get that far down. All right, time now for Raising the Stakes, sponsored by Second City Prime Steak and Seafood. You can order today at secondcityprime.com. Unfortunately, the Bears did not win today. So uh, Jerry Reddy, who was our contestant earlier today, is going to win himself a $50 gift card to our friends at Second City Prime Steak and Seafood. Coming up on Thursday night, we're going to be on the air with you at 4.30, ahead of the the Bears and the Panthers. $300 will be up for grabs from our friends at uh, Second City Prime Steak and Seafood. And folks, remember, you got to call in the pregame to get on the list. So 4.30 Thursday, we come on. Correct. We will ask for... Because of the Blackhawks, they kick off... 
Or, but they're uh, at 5.30? They skate at 5.30. Correct. And then we'll be on after the game. Uh, the Bears and the Panthers in national TV game on the Lake Shore down at uh, Soldier Field. That's coming up on Thursday. But again, congratulations, Jerry Reddy. You're going to pick up a $50 gift card, 300 bucks on the line next time we talk to you on Thursday. And we'll uh, let you know more about that when we come back on the air with you on Thursday. And that's the Carolina Panthers won one game. If you don't think you can win stakes, you, 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 you're crazy. Can you imagine this, this? Guy, this better be a win. <laughs> this game coming this Thursday night, folks. We're, we're, we're on the backside of the schedule for 23, and two, these two teams have three wins and combined. It, this is two dogs fighting over a bone. Let's go. And it wasn't flexed, so we're going to have a Thursday night game anyway on the Lakeshore. Uh, the Bears and the Panthers coming up. Bears lose today at 24-17. If you're on hold, please stay there. We'll get to you right after the news. Hang Happen- in there, guys. Happen will be sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. I thought our team played extremely well, which is why it's so embarrassing, just because one score game lose a turnover battle by that amount it's embarrassing but it's part of the game and i'm just looking forward to building and learning uh, from this experience tyson bajans with some little glass shattering there in the background for you happen to be sponsored by your local chevy dealer chevydrivechicago.com put a chevy silverado in your toolbox all right, we'll get to these calls in just a second, yep. folks. We go to 5.30 today, so we have plenty of time. But let me just say this. For all of you out in um, Beardham that was saying to yourself at halftime, hey, I don't know. I don't know if we should, you know, pull Bajent and put Justin Fields in if his thumb is healed up enough to where he feels like he can go because look how well Bajent – and then all of a sudden this happens. At least the kid understands, you know. It's not an overnight sensation that's going to, you know, be the answer. He's got to keep learning, keep, you know, keep making progress. But on all of those throws, it was a couple of things. He was late on all three, and he was behind in two of them, and those will kill you. Late and behind, that's that's the end of the road for a quarterback. They should have got him out of the pocket in the third quarter, changed the game plan, Dan. No, that, that would have helped him. This yes. is what they should have done. And I'll argue against anybody. That's what they should have done. They're smart coaches. That's what you do. Why? Because the kid has the ability to adjust. We've seen him. He can run. He can read the field. He can see the field. That's what they should have done, and they did not do it. They let him sit back there and get hammered, hurried, and it was not smart football. My opinion. He's very nifty, and he can create his own platform yeah. to throw it. And, and you know, he, that's if you get him he, the hell out of yes. the pocket. Yeah, and go to the design plays. But what Both do you expect out of Getzey? What do you expect? Well, we got what we expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, all right. Can I you with that one, Dan? Twenty four seventeen Saints over the Bears today. Three one two nine eight one seven two zero zero. Maurice, you are up here with Hampton OB. Go right ahead. Hello, gentlemen. Um, this loss was not only on the coaches, per se. It was on the players. They had the stupid penalties, holding, false starts by the offensive line that took back great plays by Komet, Foreman, Mooney, and more. Is it the players or the coach's fault. I put that question to you. All right, Maurice. Thanks, man. 
Well, first and foremost, we've talked about the, the coaches. Now, and just an aside, folks, forget about today for one second. Think back, the opening game, how horrible this football team was prepared to play that game. It was a joke. Look at who Green Bay is now. They're nothing. They're, they're nothing. Tampa Bay, nothing. Everybody beats. I'm just saying, we had a chance to get out the gate and make something happen, make a statement, and start building confidence. Bingo. And you know what? We've been behind the eight ball ever since. So we get into a game today, backup quarterback on the road, 88,000 people going crazy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the offensive line struggled. What's new? They have had 13 different combinations today. Another one, bringing Braxton Jones back, putting him at left tackle where he did struggle with the crowd noise, and he had a hold. All that being said, the coaches are responsible for all of it. Danny, all of it. there's things, again, and, and, and I, it's, I see it so clear, at halftime to come out in the third quarter and make the changes. Just don't be afraid. Make the changes. Bajan can move. He's a smart kid. He seems like it. And you drop him back. You drop him back. You drop him back. Our offensive line can't block anybody. That was the thing to do, folks. I don't think I know what I'm talking about. My God, if they could have sprinted that kid out to the stronger weak side, I'm telling you, who knows? We Maybe we could have walked away with a victory because that the, 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 they're not certainly a juggernaut. That's for damn sure. And we never moved. And that just shows me how much does our coaching staff really know. You mean tell me you can't figure that out? You're having He's struggling back there a little bit. And halftime you come in with all the stats, you can't figure out. You got to get him out of the pocket. You got to bootleg him out. You got to sprint him out. You got to make things happen for that kid. And you didn't do it. Not one damn play. Okay, on the opposite side of the field, let's just give some credit and blow a little kudos towards the defense. As bad as you want to say it was, and there was no pressure. Second game in a row, zero sacks. They were 6-7 of seven on third down the first half. They were 1-7 of seven in the second half. So the defense, twice they stopped them. And they scored zero points, three possessions on our side of the 50 in the fourth quarter. So we were doing some some really good stuff as a team, despite the fact the offense was struggling. But we didn't do the smart stuff, and no. that's getting that kid out of out of the pocket, Dan. I mean that is that. I, I mean I ain't backing down from this. I mean that's exactly what they should have done. And 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 you and you not not one play, not one play, not one blue leg, not one sprint out. Do you use? Do you go back to more going downfield, Darnell Mooney? Do you go back to them? No, you don't. The whole third quarter, the whole fourth quarter? Come on! And, and Komet kind of disappeared in yes, the offense he did. as well. Yep. And we got to have those three guys. Yeah. We Those three guys got to be all four quarters. They've got to be active, catching the ball, making things happen for us. All right, let's catch up now with JP out in Chattanooga, Tennessee. You're up with Hampton OB. Go ahead, JP. Hey, guys. I'm sitting in my home office staring at my framed autograph of one Ed Obradovich that I got when I was about nine years old. Um, Anyway, um, first off, I'd like to say that Patrick Mahomes, instead of flipping off the Bears, he should be kissing their butts because if he had gotten drafted by the Bears, he'd be a nobody because their offensive line can't. I'm six foot 180, and I could block better than they do. 
they they're just they're pathetic and the poor kid's running for his life it's it's just ridiculous um but i think the problem with the bears starts at the top i mean we're the only team in professional football that doesn't have cheerleaders why because they're not moral you know they just they the last time the bears organization was worth a poop was back when we had jim finks uh as a general manager ryan poles is an idiot and there's an article in the USA Today from this past week by, uh, oh, God, I can't remember the guy's name. Anyway, he he called out Ryan Poles and just ripped him upside down and none the other. But the fact that, okay, so he brings in Sweet, Sweat, whatever, and gives him a contract extension, and you got your your number one defensive player, your, 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 your cornerback, that you can't pay him? I mean, there's no way he's coming back next year. He, he, he'll go anywhere but, but there. And it starts at the top. The McCaskies need to get rid of the team if, if we ever want to see a good team again because they just they don't know what they're doing. They bring in Ryan Poles, who doesn't know what he's doing, who brings in Matt Eberflus, who doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, come on. Two of his, two of his assistant coaches have been let go in midseason. When does that happen? I'm, I tell you what, I'm, I'm – I watch him on the internet now. I'm glad I didn't pay for the for the NFL package because it would have been a waste of money. And, and lastly, I think you need to give a bottle of that uh, curveball to uh, OB because we don't want him to have a heart attack. One bear's great. One bear's great down to, is, is enough. <laughs> Thanks, JP. Appreciate the call. <laughs> Take care. Good call. Night. Good call. Hey, you can't argue with it, OB. Think no, about this. No, you can't. JP, you're yes, absolutely. No, I'm just telling you, folks. We need pass rushers. You can't get enough of them. We finally got one. Yeah, it's a fortune. Yeah, it's a second-round pick. You ain't going to find nobody in the next two- or three-year draft in the second round that can rush the passer like this. All that being said, sooner or later, it falls on the head coach to you know find the right assistants that can implement a winning game plan. We've done it twice this year. Well, Dan, I, again, I'll take issue with you. I think more important for this team right now is the offensive line. It has been this year. It was last year, the year before, the year before, the year before, the year before, the year before. I'm almost out of breath here. Okay, that's always been our problem. We don't have five guys that can play. There are quality players up front to make an offense, convert on third down, to score points, to win games. We don't. It's just a fact. It's right, and you got to have a sight problem and hearing problem not to see it or hear it. It's not the defense, it's a problem. It's our offense, and it starts up front, and it's right in front of you. Time now for Dan Hampson's Defensive Player of the Game. It's sponsored by your local Chevy dealers and the Chevy Silverado, official truck partner of the Chicago Bears. It's Jack Sanborn again, huh? Well, and you, you, I hate to say it, but. He deserves I mean, he, it. Oh, I agree. he does. He, he stood yes, he out. Does. And I got to tell you, after last week watching all the missed tackles, it was just embarrassing. Today, he was absolutely on top of it and filling in at middle linebacker. Here again, we went out and spent $80 million for Tremaine Edmonds to play middle linebacker when we got Jack Sanborn that's doing a great job in, as a backup. Now, did you hear what he said? That's another a linebacker. We're paid eighty million, a hundred million. We just paid to this guy, and guess a defensive end and a linebacker. Okay, folks, the damn problem is our offensive line. 
Spend a couple dollars on them. There's got to be somebody somewhere that can block somebody that can play for the Chicago Bears. There has to be. <laughs> Having to be postgame. We'll continue here in a moment. 312-981-7200. We're going to get uh, OB some curveball whiskey to have him settle down just a little bit. We're going to ask him to sip it or flip it. Uh, I'm going to sip it tonight. I'm going to have it over the rocks. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Have it OB sponsored by your local Chevy dealer, ChevyDriveChicago.com. I think it was all on me, just, you know, forcing a couple plays there. And then, you know, you can't can't afford to take plays off in NFL because they come back to bite you. So got to be sharp on every play. <laughs> Tyson Bajant there. Talking about some of those interceptions. Hampton OB is sponsored by your local Chevy dealer, ChevyDrivesChicago.com. The kid does take uh, take it on himself. I mean, and, and, you know, there's really nobody else to blame. And it's, it's I guess it's refreshing to see. But at the same time, as you guys pointed out, with the, the pressure that was coming at him late and behind a, a, a player is not going to get it done. There's you could have done what I yeah. just said there. Yeah. I, I, I beat it on it. To get after that, go out in the third quarter, move that kid out of there. There's things that they legitimately could have done with legitimate plays to help that kid improve and get better and for us a chance to win the game, and they would not do it, and we lost the damn football game that we should have won. And this guy right here is always saying, why isn't somebody over there talking to the quarterback? Well, why isn't Getsy getting talked to by the head coach saying, what the hell are you doing? Move him around! Maybe that stupid head coach we have doesn't even know. That's... Yeah, Evidently. Now, yeah, now he's worried about and calling. You know exactly, and Andy, you do, and I yeah. hope our listeners, you know exactly what I'm saying. That was the right move. Halftime adjustments come out, move that kid. It, I, 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 oh, Jesus. Yeah, this is why I don't like when a head coach is responsible for the offense or the defense. When he's making the calls for defense, is he paying attention it to the entire game? It precludes him from yeah. being more involved. And instead of looking at the big picture, he's looking at his little slice, right. which is the defense. Why they never made those adjustments, I'll never know. But again, it's his fault because yeah. he picked the guy that got fired. That's true. So it all falls on his plate. It all comes full circle. Let's go out to Hawthorne Woods and say to Mike. Mike, you're up with Hampton OB. Go right ahead, bud. Hey, Mike, turn your radio down, okay? Okay. I'll wait for Mike to turn his radio. I don't like to hear myself coming back at us like that. All right, Mike. Hi, this is Mike from Hawthorne Woods. Yeah, go ahead. You're on the air. I have a specific question for Dan. Um, I'm semi-retired, and I have a chance to listen to all the other stations, and it seems like there's an awful lot of guys on this team that are paid to come on these radio shows. And I'm just wondering if... um, to me, it's a huge distraction to these guys because they can't focus on playing football. So, as a player, are they obligated to go on these radio sh- shows, or can they say, nope, don't want to go on there, we haven't won anything yet, when we win, then we'll come on? Nope, they are not obligated to. They, the, essentially, the only thing they're uh, obligated to do is to meet the media after the game, mm-hmm. and if called upon by the SID, the Sports Information Department, to talk on Wednesday or whatever, right? a specific player to do that. The other part, it's all of their own volition. Now, here's the thing. We didn't used to talk on the radio until we earned it, okay? To, hey, Dicker used to say it, to the victor 
goes the spoils. And you, you know, we'd get paid a little bit and we could go on the radio. We could talk, have fun, yada, yada. I think there was 18 of us that would be on the radio after, you know, or during the week at some point after we won the Super Bowl. But again, that is after something has been achieved. What are, what have these guys achieved? Huh? Nothing. Zero. And you know, I hear a bunch of other guys on radio. They, what have they achieved? nothing all i know is that again you're putting you know the cart before the horse there has to be a certain premium on performance and if i don't know how talking on the radio for eight minutes a week is going to keep you from being the best player you can be but you would think you would think that obviously that should be after we have accomplished something and evidently nobody cares now all right, back to the phones. Let's go out to Dyer, Indiana, and welcome in Jerry. Jerry, you're up with Hampton OB. Go ahead. Yes, sir. I just want to tell you guys that I've been a season pass owner for over 50 years. I got the, the wow. thing, the frame and all that. And uh, I love the Bears, and I love Hampton, and I love you, uh, the other guy. He's, he's the, he's, you guys are the best. I wonder if the, the mindset of the Bears is so bad to fire somebody like Ditka and even, I hate to say it, firing the honey bearers, I guess you re- they don't really care about people because Hellas hired them and all that. And I talked to Ditka about it, and he agreed with me. Is the mindset so bad that they ask, and I think you said this, Hampton, that uh, they actually asked their mother, Virginia, what should we do with the honey bearers? My mother died at 92. I wouldn't ask her anything about football. And she was an intelligent woman. Is this true? They go to her and ask their opinions? Okay. Thanks, Jerry. Go to Virginia, uh, Doug, Dan. Okay. Uh, I, I do not think Virginia had an opinion either way or was even asked. And here's, folks, here, here's what you have to understand. A lot of times when something really good happens, there's certain people that feel that they are entitled to share in that, that success and they want to put their, their fingerprints on it and kind of make things the way they want it. This is all that stuff. That was Mike McKeskey. Of all the McKeskey kids, he was the one that I, 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 I loathed. And, you know, Brian McKeskey's a super guy. George is a good guy. There's a bunch of good, but Mike was, I, he was the guy as soon as George died. I'll never forget the week that George Hallis died. Jim Finks basically said, I'm out of here and turned in his resignation. He stayed for another six or eight months, but, he was looking to get out. He went to the Cubs. You guys remember that? Mm-hmm. He he became uh, uh, the general manager of the Cubs or whatever. But he couldn't wait to get the hell out of there because of Mike McKeskey. Who do you think fired Ditka? Mike McKeskey. He couldn't wait to fire Mike Ditka. And the first time Mike Ditka's record got below 500, he pulled the trigger. He was the one that didn't want the honey bears. He wanted everything the way he wanted it. And that was the beginning of the end. And by, you know, 86, 87, 88, that team that we had built, we were starting to wear out. You know, this guy's gone. That guy's traded. This guy got his leg hurt. I'm in the hospital. Yada, yada. So, you know, Mike McKeskey was, you know, the, the hidden hand that brought down 
the, uh, the glory days of the 80s. You forgot Jerry Venisi in there, too. That was the final straw. Yeah, he got rid of Jerry Venisi because Jer- manager. Yeah, it was Jerry Venisi and Mike Ditka against him. And then when Venisi would always side with Mike Ditka, McKeskey fired him. So, again, that's what you have. But you know what? That's when things go great. Everybody starts trying to grab pieces of the pie. We we ain't got no pie. We need to we need to start baking some pies around here. Yeah, but it'll be sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. Put a Chevy Silverado in your toolbox. We made stops up. We made stops on downs on defense. We had we had time. We still had time. We still had time, and the guys were fighting and battling. You know, because of that, we we made it a game at the end. So I really believe that we had a chance at the end there. Yeah, it'll be sponsored by oh, a local you Chevy dealers. You didn't do the right thing. I'm sorry, Andy. That's all right. Chevy dealers at Chevy Drive Chicago. Dot com. That was head coach Matt Eberflus. Yeah, the fight was there, but uh, the result was not. 24-17, Saints over the Bears in New Orleans today. And it was a game, as we've discussed, uh, since we came on the air a little after 3 o'clock. It was a winnable game in uh, kind of a hostile environment and uh, just kind of imploded in that second half. Well, obviously the ob- objective is to win the game. And we had a chance right down to the very, very end. Unfortunately, the offense is, you know, becoming completely, you know, discombobulated and refusing to do anything smart. All that being said, we couldn't overcome the turnovers. That's right, Dan. They didn't do anything smart, and it was right in front of you. Right in front of you at halftime, what they should have done. It's just, I, I, I'll, I'll stand on that till King, well. 312-981-7200. What you think about that one? Let's go out to the folks yeah. against out of Nick in Princeton, Illinois. Nick, you're up with Happen OB. Go right ahead, bud. Uh, gentlemen, uh, I want to uh, to thank you for the uh, passion and commitment you bring to the analysis of the game. Uh, your passion you. and commitment to the to the team and the legacy and what it means and and uh, the excellence you brought as players. Uh, in 63, uh, OB, I remember uh, as a teenager listening to the championship game on the radio. And uh, in 85, well, Dan, what hasn't been said about the team uh, and what you guys achieved? So we've been through another uh, sad performance, unfortunately. Now we look ahead to Thursday night. It looks like uh, Justin Fields may be ready to go. So I think the key question, at least as far as I'm concerned, and you guys can take a shot at this, who starts at quarterback Thursday night? Thanks. All right, Nick, thanks. Well, you know, and here's here's my feeling about it. Obviously, it's Justin Fields' job if he is healthy. Now, we all know, I don't know what the weather's going to be Thursday night. What is it going to be, 40 degrees, whatever? Um, I, I don't know. The grip of the football is everything to a quarterback. If if there's any question about it, I don't know how you can put him out there. That being said, folks, you know, look what the Saints do with their offense. They put Taysom Hill in, do different things. What would be wrong with doing a little bit of that, a little combo, OB? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, Dan. I, I, I like what you said. Uh, but, you know, I, can you count on this, Steph? for making those kind of moves or having even having those thoughts then when again not to go past this game right now and again I'm going to tell you what I, I cannot believe what we did when we came out in the second half you know what we did offensively nothing 
We did absolutely nothing to win this football game, and we had a chance to win it, and we did nothing. They never gave that kid a chance. And I don't care if it would have been Fields, they never would have gave him a chance either because of poor coaching, of not understanding how to change a game plan, how to make a team win. All we do is lose. Folks, we have here what? How many wins now in in uh, in the last year and a half? It's oh, five. Five. We've had five wins and 21 losses, folks. Five wins and 21 losses. That says it all. Yeah, Fields returned to practice for the first time Friday and is actually was wearing a glove, so he didn't have to grip the football as hard. So I don't know what that says about his status, but I'm sure we'll find out more about that as the uh, the week progresses here. 312-981-7200. Bears lose by the final of 24-17. Out to Willowbrook. We'll welcome in Denise. Denise, you're up with Happen OB. Go right ahead. This is a grandmother. I'm My name is Mimi. I've been following the Bears since 1985 when we had the great gift to move here with my four children. My two sons and my two son-in-laws adore the Bears and have followed them for all these 39 years. Now I have five grandsons who love football, but I can't get them to watch the Bears game. No, they're going to watch the Eagles. They're going to watch the Chiefs. They're going to watch anybody but the Bears because they can't stand watching them lose. Why can't we consider somebody who took us to the Super Bowl, Lovey Smith? Well, you well, know, bring him back. Go ahead. Well, Lovey's been fired from uh, two other or three other spots since then, and at, at some point, you gotta, you know, you gotta keep trying to, you know, find the next guy that is able to, to you know, find the magic formula. Um, obviously, Lovey didn't do it. He brought us to a Super Bowl. We didn't win it, but you know, that's that's the whole thing. You keep looking for the one that you think can make all the right decisions and put a team on the field that plays smart and finds a way to win after week after week. And if and you know, thus far, you know, other than one year since '85, we haven't done anything close. Well, Mimi, it just tells you, you saw what happened today. Obviously, you watched the game. And obviously, you must love the game of football, especially professional football. And I'll tell you what, just common sense tells you. Where, who, who, where, where does this loss fall? On, on who? On where does this loss fall here today? This falls, you can't, falls dead square on this coaching staff. Dead square. When the when they went in at halftime, they had and they came out. They had nowhere to go. They came up with no answers. The first thirty minutes of football was a mystery to them, and then coming out in the third quarter, it was turned into a disaster. They never gave the offense a chance to experiment, to move the pocket, to win a game. To win a game, they're not smart enough. 312-981-7200. We're going to take our final time out. We'll come back, and we'll get to your phone calls. If you're on hold, please stay there. We appreciate your patience. Happen will be sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com. Put a Chevy Silverado in your toolbox. I would just say the experience factor. You know, him, him playing all those games, certainly the experience factor. And, you know, he's operated in this offense, you know, and he's had some good weeks, you know, prior to this, the Washington game. You know, he's had some good games this year. You know, so we're excited to get him back when he comes back. And certainly the dimension of also the, the disconnection running the ball. You know, he likes, you know, he can obviously run the ball and the, the quarterback runs are, are 
viable there too. You know, the perimeter is getting under attack more, so that's what he brings. Head coach Matt Eberflus talking about Justin Fields. And he's talking about him running the ball. Talking yep. about him running the ball. And that's why he's he's on the sideline. Half an OP is sponsored by your local Chevy dealer, ChevyDriveChicago.com. Real quick, too, we want to let you know that you can fuel up for the Bears' next game. It's sponsored by Mariano's, where you can save up to $2 a gallon by saving Mariano's fuel points. Take your money and your mileage farther with Mariano's this short week at Hallis Hall this week. A short week of uh, pregame shows for us as well. Back with you Thursday night. The Panthers will be in town at Soldier Field. We will be on the air with you at 4.30. We'll take you until 5.30, Blackhawks hockey at that point. And, of course, we'll come back on our postgame show after the Bears and the Panthers, the scintillating matchup on national television. But we'll have it for you right here as far as uh, all of our thoughts and uh, the postgame, the postmortem, shall we say, of that game. I believe here we've got nine games left, and somebody correct me here if I'm wrong. Again, I want to mention this. With the nine games left, Hopefully we could. I hope they haven't given up on on uh, on on winning here or or the last nine games. The only team that has a winning record, I believe, is Detroit. Everyone else, I mean, we're playing that this coming Thursday. We're playing. Who are we playing? They're, Carolina, uh, huh? Panthers of Carolina. The, yep. the Carolina Panthers. What are they? One and seven. One and seven, folks. Arizona's one and seven, I believe, or one and six. Atlanta. I mean, uh, Green Bay. What are they now? Uh, three wins and five losses. It goes on and on. We have a chance if somebody smartens up on this team, coaching-wise. Uh, sneaking a few more calls before the bottom of the hour. Let's go to Tim and Waukegan. You're up with Hampton OB. Go ahead, Tim. Yes, Coach just said it, that he's an, it feels is an elite runner. He's got a great – we know he's an elite athlete, just not an elite quarterback. Why not doing what Summer Hill did, put him in his uh, – wide receiver, put him in his running back, move him out of the quarterback position, but use his elite skills in other positions. I agree with you, Tim. What are your thoughts on that? Okay. All right. Okay, for that, to, for that to occur, two things would have to happen. Justin Fields would have to kind of swallow his pride a little bit and just say, hey, I want to be a, you know all-purpose guy and help the team win. And the second thing would be Luke Getze would have to wake up and have to work a little bit and figure out how to implement something that would be successful. Obviously, Pete Carmichael, the guy that, you know, down in New Orleans who came up with this Taysom Hill, Derek Carr duo, it worked pretty well today. It beat us. So I don't know what, what would be, like you said, OB, we're two and what, six, seven. Two we're and two seven. and seven. Two and seven. seven. Who cares? You know, and if Justin Fields somehow throughout the next eight games starts to look like the prototypical pocket passer that we all kind of are wanting or expecting, then discontinue it. But let's try to find some way to generate offense, generate points, generate a win. They They had a chance today to do it, to get a win. Down in New Orleans, we had a chance if they had changed that halftime, changed their offensive theory. That was a chance for us to win this football game, and they didn't do it. All right, let's go out to uh, Chicago. We're in Chicago. Let's go to Chicago and say hi to Frank. Frank, you're up with Happen OB. Go ahead. Yeah, hey, Dan, this is for you. I've been a Bear fan since 1943, Woo! so I'm a senior. The funny thing, we got an idiot for a head coach, and the rest of the guys are just following suit. And all they have to do is one word, blitz. 
Blitz? Blitz. They don't blitz. All the whole league knows that you're going to play, going to play Chicago. They don't blitz. So that's okay. We'll just play our game. Look what they did. They didn't blitz at this quarterback at all. He, he came in with a uh, beautiful, clean shirt. He walked out with a clean shirt. We never knocked him down. You're exactly right. But think back. You know, when we were struggling and we were 0 for 3 or 4 or whatever it was, Eberflus took over the defense. Then he started blitzing more than he had ever done. And guess what? We started responding and the defense started playing better. And we found a way to win a couple of games. But again, today, we obviously without Jaquan Brisker, that was a factor. He didn't want to, like, you know, leave some of these uh, kids in the backfield uh, exposed. So he decided to play, you know, just the standard, uh, what would you call it, cover two stuff. And New Orleans didn't seem to have a problem. Not one bit. And again, like we said, this this has been an issue not just for you know this year, but it's been going back to last year too, where quarterbacks are escaping with absolutely zero pressure, nothing to think about, no no rush to their to their game at all. Well, last week zero sacks. This week zero sacks. Sooner or later, you got to wake up. You're the head coach. You're the defense coordinator. You're the guy that everybody you know. You're, you the reason you're here is because you were supposedly. Uh, you know, had, you know, a, a consummate defensive head, uh, coordinator, uh, uh, compatibility or whatever word you want to use to, to understand if you don't have pressure, you ain't got nothing. So you're going to have to figure out ways to create pressure, generate it when you have to or when you can or when you need to. We haven't done any of that. Two things this coaching staff does not do. They do not understand the game of professional football how it's played in the year 2023. Let me say that again, and I'm not kidding around. They do not understand. There is no, like Danny just used the word create, there's no creativity on our team, on both sides of the ball. None. No creativity, and we do not understand. We have a failed coaching staff here in Chicago this year, and we had it last year. And I'm going to tell you, we've got nine more games to go. I don't know what's going to happen. But those two words, this staff doesn't understand this game, and they're not creative enough to figure out how to win, period. Okay, after the very productive first half, where Bajent was operating in rhythm with the offense, making some things happen, we go in at halftime, come out at second half. Second half? We have run 32 plays. We barely gain 100 yards. We're 0 for 3 on third down, and we turn the ball over three times. They made the adjustments defensively to, to stop us. Exactly. Man. And, and we, we, we didn't counter. Right. Exactly. And you would think after, what, a year and a half that Eberflus would have some type of a, a contingency plan to where the offense gets in this you know, I don't know what the hell's going on mode and, and try to, you know, force them into doing certain things. Obviously, it doesn't work. And the thing I think that's head-scratching, and we've brought it up several times, not just today, but the week before and the week before, when they get behind the record and they're 2-7, and seven, what's the difference at this point? I mean, can't you just come up with something that would say, all right, hey, at least we're trying something here. Maybe something works. Andy, they had a chance today. Exactly. They had a chance today in the second half to come out. And they had a kid that maybe could possibly have run, and, and, and we could have maybe done some damage today to the Saints. 
But we never tried it. We never moved it. We never tried it one time. It doesn't take a genius to figure that out. It takes common sense. Unfortunately, so much of the time, it's almost like we're playing into the opponent's hands by our refusal to do what would be logical. Getting the quarterback out of the pocket, there. allowing him not to be under pressure. It was right there, be, Danny. And we don't do it. It just it defies logic. And, you know, it, it seems as though they're, they're, you get conservative because you're worried about your job. But you win games, you don't have to worry about your job. The one thing about this Thursday night game, obviously I'm watching out of one eye over here, I'm watching the Carolina Panthers get cuffed around by the great Indianapolis Colts. Uh, that being said, we find a way to win this game, then the next one. Can we stack a couple of wins together? Can we run an offense for four quarters, two weeks in a row? You know, it, it seems like w- when we do find a little bit of success, we cannot stack a win. Then Somehow, some way, we're going to have to find yeah, it. The back half of the schedule gives us a chance to maybe get something on a roll, something to, to, to hang our hat on, whether no matter what it is. But it, it, it's got to be as a team, Danny. We've got to be aggressive on both sides of the ball. We've got to make things happen. And my God, you coaches, adjustment, adjustment, adjustment. This game's all about adjustment. Figure it out. All right, that'll do it for Happen OB, the uh, post game show sponsored by your local Chevy dealers at ChevyDriveChicago.com.